Hi, and welcome to episode 119 of the ELDS Study Session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. We're going to continue with our Come Follow Me study now after our uh, brief break from that. We're looking at September the 23rd to September the 29th, Galatians, uh, which is entitled Walk in the Spirit. Uh, and this is a great section. We've got um, the, the law of Christ makes me free. Uh, and that really covers Galatians 1 to 5, a very large section to look at here. But really, Galatians 3 um, talks a lot about this, and then the beginning of Galatians 5. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, thoughts here about how the law of Moses at the time was still something which was causing a bit of contention uh, with the saints. Uh, Paul was writing to the Galatians very similarly to uh, his previous people that he had spoken to about the law of Moses being fulfilled and not needing to be necessary anymore. Uh, and so he's writing uh, to them uh, in order to kind of overcome this uh, issue so that they can then move forward and be free through the, through the, the gospel which has been taught to them. Uh, in verse 10, for example, in Galatians 3, 10 to 13, it says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written of the book of the law to them, to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. So, again, he's making the point here that the law of Moses was no longer in force. The law of Moses was something which was put in place for the people at the time to look toward the Saviour and to um, be able to achieve or receive salvation through living that law so then they could be given those blessings. But now, um, that law was done away with and there was a higher law. Um, and, th and that's kind of a theme that's carried on in verse 21 of Galatians 3, where it says, Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could, could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. So he's reminding them that the law wasn't against the promises at the time. That was what was required for them. And those will, people will still get those blessings. But now that the Saviour had come and fulfilled that law, they are now to live his law. And it talks about that law in verse 24 being um, the schoolmaster in, in that well-known verse. Uh, in verse 24 of Galatians 3, it says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. So again, it's that point. Now, obviously, there is, I've had many discussions with many other kind of Christian, uh, well, Christians uh, in the past of different faiths. And there are arguments saying, well, this then means that any law is not required anymore. It is simply through faith and belief in the Saviour that we receive salvation. And that we understand in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, this isn't necessarily the case. Of course, through the Saviour and only through the Saviour, we can receive that salvation. That is obvious. Um, but, you know, he has still taught a gospel. He still taught us commandments. He told us if we love him, keep his commandments. When we talk about the law in the New Testament, they are referring very often to the law of Moses, which, of course, we do not follow anymore. But when we speak of the gospel, there are things which we are still required to do. And they are things which are probably more difficult. Uh, there was a great talk by uh, Elder Spencer W. Kimball, who, who really um, outlined a great number of things within this law uh, that we were to um, leave behind, but then actually live better uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's quite a long one, this, to settle in. He says, quote, 
But living by the letter of the Ten Commandments is only the, only the beginning of perfection. Jesus taught the sanctity of the Ten Commandments, but emphasized repeatedly that there was more. It is not enough to acknowledge the Lord as supreme and refrain from worshipping idols. We should love the Lord with all our heart, might, mind and strength, realising the great joy he has in the righteousness of his children. It is not enough to refrain from profanity or blasphemy. We need to make it important in our lives the name of the Lord. While we do not use the Lord's name lightly, we should not leave our friends or our neighbours or our children in any doubt as to where we stand. Let, them in, let there be no doubt about our being followers of Jesus Christ. It is not enough to, re to refrain from movie-going, hunting, fishing, sports and unnecessary labour on the Sabbath. Constructive use of the Sabbath day includes studying the scriptures, attending church meetings, to learn and to worship, writing letters to absent loved ones, comforting the sorrow, um, visiting the sick, and in general doing what the Lord would have us do on his, this, his holy day. If we truly honour our parents, as we are commanded to do, we will seek to emulate their best characteristics and to fulfil their highest aspirations for us. Nothing we could give them materially would be more prized than our righteous living. It is not enough to refrain from killing. We are rather under solemn obligation to respect life and to foster it. Far from taking a life, we must be generous in helping others to enjoy the necessities of life. And when this has been accomplished, we seek to improve the mind and the spirit. We refrain from taking harmful substances into our body. Through wisdom and moderation in all things, we seek good health and a sense of physical well-being. It is not enough to refrain from adultery. We need to make the marriage relationship sacred, to sacrifice, to work, to maintain the warmth and respect which we enjoy during courtship. God intended marriage to be eternal, sealed by the power of the priesthood, to last beyond the grave. Daily acts of courtesy and kindness, conscientiously and lovingly carried out, are part of what the Lord expects of us. It is for us to keep our hearts and minds pure as well as our actions. Thou shalt not steal, the Lord said on Sinai, thus for it is for us to be honest in every way. We must be generous, the very opposite of selfishness. When money is needed, we give money. But often what is needed more is love and time and caring, which money cannot buy. When that is true, even being generous with our money is not enough. Bearing false witness and coveting the belongings of others are further evidences of selfishness. Love thy neighbour as thyself, Jesus taught. On this and on the love of God hang all the law and the prophets. Close quote. A longer message there by... Um, by uh, Elder Kimball, President Kimball. Uh, but again, you know, this highlights the fact that whilst the law was fulfilled, it does not mean that there are not things we should follow and do to become like the Saviour. And that is the point, which I think sometimes is missed when members of the church talk about working out our salvation and um, keeping the commandments and being obedient and keeping covenants. It isn't the case that these things will f save us, these commandments or covenants or laws, it is the fact that they help us to become what our Heavenly Father wants us to become, and that is also through the atonement that it's made possible. It's the only way it's made possible through the atonement. Um, in fact, we then go to Galatians chapter 5, which is kind of the main focus of this section, where it says in verse 1, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. A great scripture, and one that really... Um, encapsulates everything that this message is trying to say. Because we live the law, because we are striving to be like the Saviour, we are made more free. We are made more happy, more uh, just, you know, able to, to make more choices because we are not entangled or entrapped within the, the, the mistakes that we have made. Um, it's quite clear that as the, the less mistakes we make, then the less kind of trapped we are in those, in those mistakes. 
uh, Elder Franklin D. Richard said this, quote, I wish the saints would put away these foolish ideas. I want to have you realize that you are in a condition of peace and plenty with liberty too, for God has made you free. God has made his people free from the bondage of sin and death. We are at liberty, and there is no power on the earth that has the ability to fasten the shackles of sin and Satan upon us. It all depends upon our own conduct as to whether we are and shall continue free. Close quote. A wonderful reminder that it is through our actions alone. Satan can't do anything to us as long as we decide to ignore his promptings or his temptations, as long as we try our hardest. Now, obviously, because we have made mistakes in the past, we may feel that we have less choice or less ability to get out of those uh, misdeeds or sins or whatever it is that has entrapped us. And that will be, may well be true if we have moved along a mistake and haven't repented of that. But that falls down to us to make that choice to pull ourselves out, to wake up and arise and shake off the dust, and to have our Saviour help us to set, to set us free. He will only do it, and he can only do it, if we invite him in. I hope that you've learned something from this study session today. If there's anything that you have studied, please share it at MattSRoberts90 on Twitter, or email at ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you for your time, and until we meet again.